This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. brother and I've been trying to get him on here for a minute so I'm glad to have him on. Amai, introduce yourself. Thanks for having me y'all. Thanks for having me. So you know, like, you know good, like, to, good to be on here for real. And, like bro, this this is a long time coming. A long time coming bro like about you know when I when I get people on the podcast like there are like certain qualities that I really like identify in people that I that I feel like should be on this platform you know because there's just certain things about people that I find inspiring. You know, you definitely are are one of them. You know, tell us a little bit Thank about you. your brand. Thank you. So, for those who don't know, um, I'm a fashion designer. Um, always kind of been into clothing, like since I was like young. Like, always kind of was into like dressing nice. And um, when I got into when I got to college, decided to make a career out of it and become a designer. And here I am today. Man. I remember we talk about this all the time but like freshman year I remember you coming into Drew I just remember we, it was like a Friday night mm-hmm. and when you were just talking about how you were starting a brand and I was like bro that's what's up bro like mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to see like how far it's come you know I think right. it's it just speaks as a it's a testament to to your to your work ethic you know and everything that you that you've stayed consistent with throughout all these years you know right. like that was like that was 2019, like, yeah. like three years ago, bro. Mm-hmm. Wait, when did you start? Was it 2019 or 2020? I started the brand fall 2019. Yeah, so fall 2019. Like, that's crazy, bro. I remember you just like saying that, yeah, I'm going to start this clothing brand. Like, mm-hmm. everything then, starts just as an idea, bro. Right, literally. And then you just, all you got to do is put your idea out there. And I feel like the universe just works out itself. No, most definitely, bro. We definitely going to get into that in this podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, I do want to get into this, you know. This stuff about you, you know, like knowing you. I know you from Fontana, California. Yo, know? yo, Fontana, California. I will rep the city till I die. Till I die. I put that city on my back, <laughs> bro. You remember Christmas? I told you I was from Fontana. Yeah, we we was hanging out outside of Founders and mm-hmm. we was we was just screwing around, bro. Like, and you really believed me. That's no, I believed it. I believed it for a second, bro. It's bro. It's crazy. When I first met you, I think um you was with um. What's his name? Uh, Raymond. Oh, you yeah. used a Raymond outside. It was like uh-huh. the first party at Howard. I remember that, that night. And he was like, Josiah. 
Because we had only yeah. known each other because of that like through because like, of the, the the West Coast chat. Yeah, and then we followed each other on Instagram. So yeah. it's like I knew I knew what you looked like. And, bro, and I'm I'm glad you said what's up, bro. Because like mm. sometimes people will get kind of like scared and not and not want to say hi yeah. to people who they who they know but really don't know. Mm. And it takes a lot of courage and confidence to actually say what's up to people like that. Facts. And for some reason I don't know why you just seem like really approachable too. For real. Like I was like I need to say what's up to this guy. Like like you know I don't know why like um. Certain people, I feel like you gravitate to towards a, for a reason, and shoot. Ever since then, we became like really good friends. Facts, bro. We was both on the second floor in Drew, the best right. floor in Drew. Literally the best floor. The Drew Hall Penitentiary, right. yes, sir. Um, I want to ask, like, do you think that your upbringing in, in Fontana has affected you? How, how do you think it's affected you the most in terms of your entrepreneurial drive? Shoot, that's that's a really good question. Um, I think. The thing is about Fontana, it's so it's like close enough to LA but far enough to where it's like its own thing. Right. Um I think just coming up seeing both types of both cities like cuz I've spent a lot of time in LA growing up too cuz that's where, like I had family and um like just spend I would just spend weekends out there like sometimes my dad would just take us out there for just um just cuz like just to sightsee mm-hmm. like on weekends sometimes like and um just seeing both cities um and how they operate, it kind of gave me like a like a different perspective on life. I'd say, um, seeing how things were in Fontana, things were might like maybe a little slower, or um, things might not have picked up as fast as like L.A. Um, but like seeing how like people like the like it had its own culture. If that yeah. makes sense. Like I remember um, one thing. The thing is, it's like nothing to do. In Fontana, <laughs> except party. So I think being amongst like the party culture, and um, like people, I remember uh, people like getting, like they would put on their best fits to go to the, like a party in Fontana. Yeah, like just cause, like cause, like we all knew like fashion because LA's right there. Mm. We all knew how to like dress. Right. So people would put on their best fits to go. Okay. Um, to like these parties and stuff, and just being around those environments. Um. It's interesting, just, um, there's a lot of talent that comes out of Fontana. Um, and just being, being, um, being in that space, I'd say, kind of, like, drove me to say, okay, I think I could pursue fashion as, like, a a career, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Bro, that's so interesting, because, like, when you think of cities outside of L.A., how how far is from Fontana, Fontana from, from L.A.? Literally, shoot. I've done the drive in like thirty something minutes. Like, when you think of cities, a lot of people don't know, but Fontana is in the IE Inland yeah, Empire. Yep. You know, like IE repping. People people will assume that cities like that are like, quote unquote, lame. You know, just because right. they're outside, people act like yeah. they're not a part of LA. But exactly, in reality, y'all still have that that LA culture. Exactly. A lot of people who came from, a lot of people who live in Fontana and like areas like that, they come from LA, like um. The reason that they live in Fontana or um, places within the Inland Empire is because it's cheaper than L.A. Like, so um, a lot of people end up moving out there anyway. Right. Do you, you know, a common stigma against people from L.A. is that they mm-hmm. tend to act like a little a little weird and, and quote-unquote Hollywood. I mean, that's where the term comes from. Yeah, Hollywood. Do you think that it's like that in Fontana? Or do you think it's like, since you guys are a little more out there, it's like a little more chill? Oh, that's a very good question. I feel like, I feel like it's like that, um, but it's not. 
it's not like LA would be to an extent. I'd say um, I'd say Fontana is like you you you'll see genuine people, and you'll see people who are like that. So you kind of get see both sides of the spectrum. Right, right. That's so interesting, bro. Like, I think um, it's always so cool to to talk to people who are from southern california but not from mm. la because right. everybody always thinks it's like it's just la but la has that air whole area has so many different cities bro. exactly and it's even like for me coming from the bay area like people assume it's just like san francisco oakland san jose but right bro it's so so many, so many different cities and right. so many different cultures and our whole our own different like our own, our own we all like all those small cities like people from other places might not know them but like in reality, they have their own, they have their own little type of vibe, mm-hmm. and that that people with from those areas, like I'm from the Bay, so I'm gonna make fun of like a city called like like Concord and Walnut Creek and talk about how bougie it is, but right. you might not have heard of that city before, mm-hmm. and you're gonna do the same thing about where where, where you from, you know? Like if where I'm from, we'd be making fun of San Bernardino. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're from San Bernardino, I feel so bar- so bad for you. Oh my the god! The stuff people say about people from San Bernardino. What do they be saying? Like, oh, it's ghetto out there. Like, oh, don't go to San Bernardino. Like, like it's just, there's a stigma behind San Bernardino that, like, it's like the trenches. Bro, that's crazy, bro. Is there, um, is there a lot of black people in Fontana? Yeah, I'd say it's like, um, I'd say it's, it's actually really racially diverse, too. Really? There's, like, because growing up, a lot of, like, I lived with a lot of black neighbors. Like, okay. I remember when kids used to actually play outside and stuff, like. Like ride bikes, like a lot of my neighbors were like black, or if they weren't black, they were like Mexican. Mm, okay, wow. Do you think that like any of your friends growing up kind of influenced your your drive to want to enter the fashion industry? Oh, most definitely. Like my friends, like we were all like big on fashion. I really? Remember. Actually, my first like brand that I actually like made, like, cause I used to make clothes, like I used to make T-shirts in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um. But I remember my first actual brand that I worked on, um, that was sophomore year of high school. Wow. And um, it was five of us. Like, we would all work together, like, bring ideas together, like, and just, like, make clothes that we thought were cool. Like, oh, bro, that's really cool, And, like, bro. do, like, do, like, photo shoots for it and stuff like that. Like, I didn't know that. So that's kind of what, that, that, that's what started everything for you, like, sophomore year. Yeah, it kind of, like, that's what kind of, like, kick-started it. But the thing is, I still didn't know at the time that um, you could actually make a living doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just like, oh, we like to make t-shirts because we like to make t-shirts. Right, you saw it as like fun. Yeah. You didn't see it as something that you could actually make a living from and actually yeah. actually make a make a, a full career out of it. Yeah, I was like, because like the, the idea of like being like a rich fashion designer, it didn't, it seemed like foreign to me mm. because I'm like, I thought, like at that time, I thought most fashion designers came from overseas. Mm. I didn't know you could actually build something here you know right bro that's that's so interesting bro because i don't know was do you say that because like a lot of the clothes that you were wearing came from dudes overseas yeah like and um like i'd say like because i was into like um i was really into louis vuitton okay um i liked gucci like i had like a little shoot i hate to say it but i had a little fake gucci belt back in high school (laughs) (laughs) um I like brands like that. So I thought that's what a fashion designer was. Like, yeah. I I also did like the streetwear brands like Supreme, Babe. Like I was a big Babe head back in the day. And, um, but the thing is, I felt like those brands weren't, um, even though Babe comes from overseas, 
Um, like Supreme, Supreme is like a U.S. made brand. It started in the U.S. Um, I felt like brands that started in the U.S. were more considered streetwear. Mm. So like, I didn't know that there was such thing as like luxury fashion. Like I knew there was luxury fashion, but I didn't know that luxury fashion designers can come from the U.S. I thought they were just like Italian or like um, they were British people or like they're from France. Right. Okay. What do you think? Kind of changed that that thinking for you. When did you realize that? Oh, people like me can be in this in this industry. Honestly, Virgil Abloh, like mm. seeing how he rest did it, and yeah, rest in peace for sure. Um, seeing like the doors he opened, um, and just like how how like the stigma of being like a black designer. Like the thing is, it's still like that to this day. Like I'd say, because um, I I talk to buyers about like getting my clothing in stores. And when they first see my clothes, like before they even see my clothing, they're gonna assume it's streetwear just because I'm black. Mm. But I feel like Virgil Abloh broke that stigma, and right. in a, to a, like to an extent, like to where there's black designers that could also be in luxury, like him, definitely Kanye West. Um, even though as controversial as he is, he like he broke down some doors, like um, and like made a way for like black designers in luxury fashion to come behind him. Right. Bro, that's that's so cool, bro, cuz I think one of the biggest things when it comes to accomplishing anything great in life is understanding that there are people like you who have done it before. Right. It it shows you that what you're doing is possible. Right. And I think a lot of time for like for uh, black people in any in any space, I feel like one of the biggest reasons why representation is put so much is because if if you see if black kids or just black people see the people, people like them in high mm-hmm. positions or just anything that they actually want to be in, any in, in any industry that they actually want to be in, you see that it's possible for yourself. Right. I think one of the biggest reasons that a lot of um, a lot of white people are just a- anybody successful has success is because they've seen people in their immediate life exactly. who have who have achieved that success mm-hmm. and they see that it's possible. Right. Now I think one of the biggest things is seeing that you have to you have to see it to believe it. As corny as Literally. that and cliche as that is, it's it's true. You, if you can't visualize it, then is it going to be? Does it really exist? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, does it really exist? So, like, going going through that, was it? So, seeing when? Okay, educate me on this. When did Virgil become really popular in the fashion industry? I'd say, um, I'd say like his popularity. I, I feel like skyrocketed with like Off White and like um, he's he's been the thing is he was around for a while. Like yeah, he started um. He, he like yeah he was behind Ben Trill Pyrex like you remember the like the basketball shorts that said Pyrex on yeah yeah like he was behind those and then um that that eventually like transferred into Off White I'd say that was around um 2012 2014 like I'm not exer- I'm not sure like the exact yeah. year but he like he was in the game for years before like Off White really like shot up mm-hmm. I'd say Off White shot up probably like. 2015 2016 yeah bro that's that's so interesting just to see how you know like uh, a young Ahmad saw that and got inspired and now you know like yeah. 10 years later you know here we are you Facts. know I think that's really cool bro so like when you when you were doing their, the um, the brand with your homies how did that kind of because I assume that's not the same thing you have now so how did that kind of end oh that's the thing like um 
it ended because of creative differences. Like, okay. Since it was five of us working on one brand, that's, that's hard. We, like, I, I swear, I put this on everything. It took us like a, a whole month just to come out with one T-shirt design. Oh my bro. goodness. Like, because the thing is, what we would do, we all like kind of like had the same classes and stuff like that. So, on I remember on Fridays we would just link up at um, one of my homies' cribs because he lived around the corner from the school, mm-hmm. and um. He was the only one with Adobe on his computer, so we would um, link up at his and like um, just chill and work on T-shirt designs. And I swear, it took us so long to come up with like one design. Bro, that's crazy. That's and, crazy. And it's just like that's what kind of made me realize that um, I need less people on my team if I'm gonna do this because. Um, you can't have too many captains in the captaincy, you know? Not at all, bro. That, that's why that's why there's a captain. That's why it's usually one right. captain. Exactly. Wow, that's that's really interesting, bro. Like, seeing that, I'm sure all y'all were super creative. Yeah. But it's it's just so hard when you have five people who, because like you, it's hard to do things if you have five, five alpha males together. Exactly. You know? It's like five people who all have their own vision. Mm-hmm. It's, it can be very hard to, to get things done. And, and you experienced that. So it's like, when that happened, did you, you had already known, you was like, okay, I'm going to make my own brand. Yeah. Or is like, was it, okay, you said, yeah, so, when did it end? Like, junior year, high school, senior year? Yeah, it ended like junior year. Junior so year. We went from sophomore year to junior year. I remember, what really ended it is, um, we did this photo shoot, and we just looked at the pictures, and we were just like, nah. For real? Yeah. And I remember those shirts that we were going to sell, they were just sitting in the box for, like, the longest. Really? Yeah, and um, we just never sold them. And, like, we all just broke away, did our own things. Like, I, I still, the thing is, I've always, like, done, I'm the type, like, I'm, like, the king of side missions. <laughs> I love me a good side mission. So, like, um, I remember even while I was working with the brand, I was always work, doing my own thing. Yeah. And, um putting together like um designs that i thought were cool like even for the time being okay so you were still in the game even though you wasn't actively putting anything out at that point you were yeah, still yeah i was still like I, I would like the thing is i remember um there was this one pair of pants that i made um it was like a pair of black jeans and it had like all kinds of patchwork and stuff on it like and um i remember like when i was making those i remember thinking to myself like dang i could really do this by myself like um, and I feel like my designs are better than what we were coming up with anyway. Most definitely. Just, just on a personal level, like stuff that I would wear. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Right, right. That's that's really cool, bro. I'm glad you you had the belief in yourself to actually know that you could do this on your own. Yeah. And feeling like that you didn't need anybody to mm. do it. Because that's, I mean, that's really what, what separates the, the the good from the great, you know? Like, when, right. you, when, you, when you have that, that belief in yourself, you know, that's powerful, bro. So, moving on to coming to Howard. Mm-hmm. How did you, did you always know you wanted to go to Howard or? 
I bro, I swear I did it. I did it till like the last semester of um, high school. Bro, me too, bro. I remember actually Howard was the only out of state school I applied to. Really? Yeah, like all my other schools I applied to were in California. Wow, bro, and, that's crazy. Um, and the thing is, I wasn't even gonna apply. Like, um, I remember having a conversation with my mom, and we were we were like checking the box to apply to all kinds of different schools and mm-hmm. stuff. Like send us to send our application out. And my mom was like, are you going to apply to Howard? And I was like, nah, I'm like, because I, I don't see myself going there, you know? Because, like, California is all I knew back then. Yeah, that's all we all knew, bro. It's, it's so far away, too. Right. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go. And she was like, I'm just going to apply for you anyway. Like, just don't even worry about it. That's crazy. And was, was that, like, the last day of, of the deadline? or was it? Yeah, day? I think so. I think so. I think it was, like, the night of or something oh my like God, that. bro. And she said, I'm just going to apply for you. And she applied. And, um, you know, time goes on and stuff like that. I kind of forgot about it. And um, I wasn't getting into none of these schools that I was, like, mm. um, applying to in California. Like, I got into a few of them, but they weren't really the schools I was trying to go to. Yeah. And then I got into it, It's crazy. It's crazy how life works because um, during my senior year, I lost my dog. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa, like wow. within like a few weeks of each other, so I was like, it was like, like I was in like a low moment in life, and I remember literally like the day before my grandpa's funeral, I got an acceptance letter to Howard. Wow, wow, bro, that's powerful. Bro. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. So like when that happened, what what were and, you thinking? And the, the craziest part is um. I have family from this area, mm-hmm. like um, that stay in like the Maryland area. Okay. Um, they were visiting because they're related to my grandpa. Mm. They were visiting California, so they were there wow. when I got into Howard. And now, now that I'm out here, I'm like super tight with them. You know, bro, it's crazy how life works for real. Right. So it was like perfect timing for me to like get into the school. Perfect timing. So. Did did you know anything about Howard before you before you came? Even when when you got accepted, like, how much did you know about Howard? I mean, not too too much. Like I like even when I got accepted, I still didn't want to go. Like I I mean like I was like on the fence about it still. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, let me just visit the campus to see if it's where I want to go. But the funny the funniest thing I swear to you I swear this like I swear I like we talk about like how dreams are powerful and stuff mm-hmm. like that. The night I got into Howard. I go to bed, I have a dream, and um, for some reason, like, I'm in this car, and there's three girls with me in the car, and um, I don't know why, but, like, I was thinking to myself, like, when I woke up from that dream, I was like, dang, I was in the car with three girls in my dream, like, at the time, like, I was like, I could barely handle one, (laughs) but the funniest thing, I swear to you, I get to Howard, and then um, I'm going to this party, right, with these three girls. Yeah. And it's like when I was in the car with these three girls, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, Loki, the dream actually came true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it manifested. Because in the dream, in the dream, I was going to Howard. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like having a good time, you know, partying and stuff like that. And um, it was weird. Like it was like. The dream kind of told the future in a way. Bro, and that's something that, and I noticed that's like a frequent theme in our conversations, you know, 
your dreams are always speaking to you. Yeah. I think that's really cool because a lot of times people ignore the, the the power of their dreams. But when you actually sit up there and pay attention to, actually to what your dream is saying mm-hmm. to you, bro, like, it's a message, bro. Right. It's a message. And, and that influenced you to be here, bro. That's I think that's so cool, bro, because... If who knows if you didn't get that dream, who knows if you would if you would be here, bro? I, you I wouldn't know exactly. you. You know you wouldn't be my homie. It would be like that's that's something I think about all the time. Like that little decision to come here has changed so many things, um, just within my path. Um, even the stuff I did while I was here, it was definitely worthwhile. Like um, when I was a freshman on campus, I joined um, Models of the Mecca. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, that's a modeling organization on campus. And um, just the things that I learned from them, like I trans, like to this day, like I do like fashion events and stuff like that. I like, I just did um, LA Fashion Week, and I was applying stuff that I learned from Models of the Mecca to the show, like um, things I learned like a long time ago, like during freshman year. Yeah, I still apply apply it to this day. What do you think were some of the biggest things that you learned? Um. One of the big things I do is um, I always try to create a space where models feel comfortable, mm-hmm. especially being a male, like a straight male in fashion. Like um, people already kind of like think about you a certain way, like oh, like he must be doing this because of such and such, or like yeah. you know what I mean. Like um, some people have just weird thoughts like that. Most definitely, bro. And it's like no, I'm actually here because I want to like run a, leg- a legit business, like. And part of doing that is like making sure the models are comfortable and uh, like as comfortable as possible. Right. What do you think are some of the biggest things to making models feel comfortable? Um, staying out the way. <laughs> staying like staying out of the way, literally. Um, and not doing too much. Um, I feel like a lot of people when they come into like these shows and they have this big presence and like they're like, oh, you need to be doing this and oh, you need to walk like this, and you're like they're like you're super controlling. Um. I feel like that just like rubs people the wrong way. Like yeah. when I when I do shows, a lot of models they ask me, "Oh, how do you want me to walk down the runway?" And like, "How do you want me to do this?" And you know what I tell them? I tell them like, "Walk how you would normally walk." Like, mm. I want you to like you're a model, but you're supposed to like be bringing your own energy into the show. Like exactly, I'm not gonna force you to be someone that you're not. You know mm. what I mean? I want you to look within yourself and bring that emotion out. Bro, that's so. I think that's a, that's a really powerful trait that you have, and I think that's a that's a great leadership quality. You know, mm. understanding that it's not all about you, right? Because great leaders understand that even though you want to lead, like you can't you can't be too like authoritative because right. people aren't going to feel comfortable following you. Exactly, and you have to make your models feel feel comfortable, so so they even want to work with you and actually want to and show off what you've created. And I think one of the you you said that a lot of people will like mistake um, a cisgendered male as like you know just like a, a straight cisgendered male as somebody mm-hmm. who who who's in it for the wrong reason. Exactly. You know, and mm-hmm. I feel like people who are hella demanding and want and want hella stuff mm-hmm. will make it seem like those those kind of add on to that stereotype. Yeah. That's your that you're in it for the wrong reason. That's all about me. Mm-hmm. But you know, like from what I've gathered from you, you seem like a dude who wants to. You know, you want success, but you want other people to, to have success, too. Exactly, because I'm like, the thing is, the thing about success is um, you don't have to be, like, alone in it. Yeah. Like, I try to, like, uplift other people to um, 
like when I when I uplift somebody, like I try to like um, you know, be like a big supporter of them, like whether that's shoot something as small as like just showing support to their what they got going on. Like you don't have to um, you don't have to be so stingy with your success, right? Like, and that's what a lot of people like get misconstrued. I feel. Have you encountered people who who you tried to work with who were very stingy? With their success and that kind of rubbed you the wrong way. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. For real? Like, cause I don't, I don't get it. Because um, I just, I was just having this conversation with another designer earlier. Um, the thing about fashion is people go into it like, like I, like you said before, for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like they go in it, they go into it. Like some people go into it to flex, to like feel like they're better than somebody. But um, when, like, I meet people all the time who. They they kind of like stay to themselves like they um, don't associate with like certain people. They're like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna go talk to that person. Or like, if you approach them, they'll like act kind of weird. Like um like they're like they're better than you. Like oh why are you approaching me? But um that's the that's definitely the wrong way to go about it. I feel like fashion could be very inclusive. It's supposed to be. It's art. It's art. It's creativity. It's supposed to be like. We're welcoming to to everybody, you know. It's mm-hmm. funny, and like, cause, I mean, the the mind is so is so powerful. Anybody can have a creative idea, but it really right. matters, and obviously, like how how much work you put in. But I think it's it's disappointing that you know there are people like that in the world who who will, who will act like that and don't want to be, don't want to have like a warm reception. Exactly. And as and as much success as it is, you've had like I know you definitely still meet people who who act weird and yeah. don't want to talk like. I've never understood people like that, bro. I mean, like, what it boils down to is they have something going on with themselves internally. Yeah. And um, they just feel like they have to treat other people a certain way because of their own insecurities. Like, that's what you always have to remember. Like, when people treat you a certain way that's, like, maybe, like, not that good or, like, they treat you horribly, it's never even about you. Whatever they see inside you, they don't like within themselves. So, like... I don't take nothing personally. Most definitely. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned, bro. Like, really just as I've started to understand humans and just human mm-hmm. nature more. Like, anytime somebody be acting a certain way, be it be like mad at you, you know, right. oftentimes it represents something that's going on with, with inside themselves. Exactly. It's just a projection. You know, and I think it takes, it takes great understanding. You need empathy as, as a human to understand that you know it's not always it's not always centered at me yeah you know it's this person got a problem going on so i'm gonna remove myself yeah from this situation and you know whenever they whenever they say if they want to come back you know when i come correct next time you know it's it's all good that's kind of that's kind of how i move because like i don't mean i don't have time to to waste to waste time on people who don't who don't want to work with me and don't care about what i go on or what i got going on right you know i think that's very important bro so like being being at Howard, you know, you're you're in the acclaimed school of business. Yes, at sir. Howard University, the cult. You know, the, the mm-hmm. cult. You know, I have my own problems with with uh, sob, but <laughs> <laughs> not 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 the not the program, but mm-hmm. like how how Howard kind of uh, favorites y'all over every other school, and even how some of the students at sob be acting sometimes. Yeah, I get that. I get that. <laughs> but like, I do want to ask: has has being a student at sob helped? Helped your helped your business in any way? Oh yeah, most definitely. I um like this is I'm really glad that I actually chose this degree. Um, just because it taught me how to um 
Because the thing is, when I first came into the game, I would have like super creative ideas, like just because I'm I'm an artist. Like yeah, I, I started as like a like a painter, and um, I'd have super creative ideas um, for like photo shoots and stuff like that. And um, when I started like taking like these business classes, it made me realize that you know, a lot of these businesses don't even put that much into their brands, like out the out the gate. So. Um, I could scale back a little bit, save money, and then build it the right way. You know what I mean? Build it the right way. And you think Howard Howard taught you taught you a lot in that regard? Yeah, and also how to pitch an idea. Because mm. um, we would, I remember, we would always be, um, would always have, because um, like, that's a business orientation. B.O. Yep. <laughs> they always had us um, dressed in suits, and um, we would come up, to like we would, we would have like our teams we would come together collaborate and then um all of us would pitch an idea to like a crowd of people and just just that doing that so many times it's like it makes pitching an idea so easy like i do it all the time now yeah like, like it's actually funny um when i got my first investor um i pitched an idea to him the same way i would do in SOB and he was like, dang, like, this is really well put together, like, and thought out, like, and um, he was like, I really like how you, um, even, even down to, like, I had, like, a PowerPoint and everything, like, and I had, like, a number breakdown of, like, how much money I needed and all of that. Yeah. And he was like, wow, like, you're, like, really well put together. I wasn't expecting, um, I wasn't really expecting you to, like, I have this, like, this well thought out, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, I could thank the School of Business for that. Because um, it's a skill that I learned and I was able to apply it to real life. Right. Do you think that being an SOB plus having your own business actually made you made you kind of retain the information that you were learning in class better? Because you actually you have real life experience. Yeah. In, in, in the mm-hmm. industries. Yeah, definitely. And um, the most important thing I learned from SOB probably is that um, being a business owner, you can do things your way. Like, a lot of times when you think of, like, a businessman or, like, someone who's, like, works in business, you think of, like, somebody who's one, like, stereotypical type of, like, you know, player build. But you could really be flexible. And, like, you could, like, some managers do certain things and, like, others don't. Like, um, it just depends on what works for you. Exactly. It's just not just a, it's not just there's there's one way to do it. There are are a lot of ways, you know. You just got to find out. What works for you, you know, your mm-hmm. whatever your style is, you know. Right. I think that's important for everybody to figure out, and I think that really comes through experience. Literally. You know, experience teaches teaches a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think sometimes we we get caught we a lot of time in, in any in anything we get so caught up in trying to and trying to learn. Right. Before we start doing. Exactly. You know, could but you you really start learning when you start doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You might have you might have forgot everything that that you learned mm-hmm. if if you're not actually applying it in in your life and in the real world. Yeah, experience is the best teacher. Most definitely, bro. Bro, that's 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 really cool. Um, I wanted to I wanted to talk about this. Was it this summer you went to you went to Europe, right? Yeah, I went to Italy. You went to Italy. Mm-hmm. What what was that like going? Not just going to Italy, but going there for business. Um, just um. It's, it's interesting because um, when you're in, like, because I went to, I went to London 
a few weeks, a few not not a few weeks, a few months before that, and then going to Italy, like a few week, a few months after that, and just seeing how different they were, and um, just like taking in like a different culture, it really opens your eyes to like, oh, people really live like this. They're literally on a different time, mm-hmm. like time zone, and um, they just move different, but like. It made me realize how small this world is too. Yeah. Because um things things like in my my own life come full circle. Yeah. Like I remember when I visited Italy, I found out that Fontana actually means fountain. Really? I swear. It was the funniest yeah, that's thing. That's really cool. Is there a lot of water in Fontana? Yeah, and the funny thing is, um the the logo for the city is a water fountain. Wow. And I did not know until I visited Italy. Bro, that's so cool, bro. That makes it Fontana Fountain. Wow. That's so interesting. What do you think were some of the biggest differences with the between the people out there versus here in America? Um, I feel like they bro, the people out there be dripping, bro. For I real? swear bro, like everybody? Italy? Yes, bro. You you'll like look down the street, you'll be like, dang, he got that shit on today. <laughs> like, dang. But like, um, just the way people carry themselves is different, too. Most definitely, bro. I could imagine. And what was it like being a black man in Italy? It's actually funny because I feel like that um, being black out there it makes you polarizing. Mm. Um, in Italy, but I'd say in... I'd say I got more love in London, like that area. Because like, in London, it was lit. Like, I'd say um, like going to the club and stuff like that, it's like... People are, like, amazed by you. Like, especially being, like, a black American. Mm-hmm. Um, people are like, oh, wow. Like, you're from America. You're like, I love your accent. And, like... But, like, in Italy, I feel like you're, it's, like, more polarizing. Like, people either really like you or they don't like you at all. Really? Yeah. But you feel like in London, you was getting... You was getting overall just... Was more more love. love. And, like... And the thing is about... The thing I appreciated about Europe... Mm-hmm. You could tell who was racist, but... It was like different. It wasn't like, it, like the thing is, the most people would do to you in um, like the UK and stuff like that. They just wouldn't talk to you. Mm. Like, and the thing is, I'm cool with that because it's like you're just deleting yourself from my life anyway. Yeah, like, I don't so need, so. I don't need that energy. But I feel like in America, if somebody's racist, there's like so many different little microaggressions that they'll like do to you. With, and some of them don't even know it. They don't but even like, know because they don't interact with black people. Yeah, they don't. And like, um, like in America, like some, like if someone's racist, so they might even talk to you and try to like feel you out and have like a whole conversation with you. But mm-hmm. it, at the same time, it's like you know that they don't really like me. They just want to like feel feel me out and like so they feel safe, you know. Yeah, they just want to learn learn. They want to learn more about you as if you're like an alien or something. Right. Yeah. But like in. Um, in like Europe, I feel like it's more so if someone doesn't like you because you're black, they're just not gonna talk to you. And and you said it was more like that in Italy as opposed to to London. Yeah, I mean, I did see a few people who seemed like they didn't like black people mm-hmm. in London, and they just they just didn't talk to you. Like that's all it is. Like, like, but it's not like out here. I feel like where um, mm-hmm. people kind of go out their way. Like, oh, he's black. Yeah. I need to do something. Like, right. I need to, like, make my presence known or something. Like, it's it's not like that. When you told people about your brand in Europe, how did they react to it? Bro, they loved it. Like, I got so much love in, like, um, like London and just, like, like everywhere. I remember um, 
even like I sprayed spray painted like there's like this area in London where you could um, spray paint mm-hmm. um, and it's legal it's like a long wall like and um it's like a tunnel yeah and I spray painted my logo and that got so much love bro like um it's people who still follow my Instagram page to this day really who, um and like support the brand and stuff like that like heavy like and even going to the club with like my clothes on and stuff like people like they loved it like they're like like at first they would just come up to me like they're like oh yeah your clothes are hard and stuff like that but like when I told them that I made them it was like a different like respect a different type of respect yeah it was like oh wow he's actually doing this for real yeah and it, it really adds because you were saying before usually people just associate fashion designers with like people from from like Italy and stuff like that and yeah they probably look at themselves the same way like, yeah we're the ones doing it and making it yeah they, it's very they're not used to seeing a black man actually doing it yeah actually out here stunning you feel me for facts you know but I think that that's, that's really cool bro like I think it's so cool how you had how you had the opportunity to to go out there and just mm-hmm. experience a different part of the world. I think that's something that I feel like a lot of people should do. Just realize how much different the rest of the world and see how different people are from from America. Right. Um, I think in America we kind of get caught up in this in this box of mm-hmm. being Americans and we think that the world kind of revolves right around us. But it's like no, there's like other people. Like, in all kinds of different places. Like, that live totally different lives than you. you Most definitely. Where do you want to go next? Shoot, Africa. Africa. Actually, Egypt specifically. For real? Yeah, actually. um, The thing is, I don't even tell many people this, but I guess this is going on the record. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I took um, a DNA test, like one of those like Ancestry.com things, mm-hmm. and um, it said that I was a descendant of Ramses the Third. What? The Pharaoh. You swear it said that. Bro, are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god, bro, that's crazy, bro. Facts. Wait, so like, what? What did it say? Like right there, like what? What, what was the whole? Um, it, like, it just said you are a descendant of Ramses the Third. Yeah, and it said it came from um, my mother's side. Cause and, it, and the funny thing is, my mother's family is from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. So I guess somehow Egyptians got over there. I don't know. <laughs> bro, that's so cool. Oh my god, that is so cool, bro. You literally have royalty in your bloodline, bro. Like, yeah, like for real. Like this is this is in you. Literally, this this is in you, bro. I, wow. Yeah, you definitely gotta go back to Egypt. Then mm-hmm. you, you gotta go back. You know, cause you know you was you was there before. Yeah, you, you was you was there before. You you just ain't know it yet. Mm-hmm. When did you find that out? Like I'd say, my freshman year wow. of like college. Wow, I'm so you probably felt hella powerful. Yeah, I was like, bro, this cannot be true. Like that's why I don't tell a lot of people because I still don't believe it to this day. Bro, that is so cool, bro. Like you got that ancient Egyptian blood flowing through your veins, bro. Mm-hmm. I think that's so that is fire, bro. And that just goes to show, like. One thing that always frustrated me growing up, and because I always used to have like a thing for Egypt, I loved it. Like, um, like I remember in middle school when um, we learned about social studies and stuff. I was always interested in like what Egyptians were doing. 
Mm. Just not before I even knew that fact about myself. Yeah. Um, there was a reason why. Right. And I remember it used to frustrate me so much when people used to say Egyptians were not black. Bro. Like, oh, they, they, they weren't dark skinned. Like, I'm like, yes, they were. Yes, they were. Bro, I think that's one of the one of the dumbest things that white people have tried to do is try yeah. to try to erase that part of history and make it seem like Egyptians were were white. Mm-hmm. Because when you go to the pyramids and stuff like that, there it's literally black people in there. Literally, it's black people painted, brown skinned people mm-hmm. who are painted on them walls, and to have the audacity to take credit for that civilization, literally, it's it's baffling. You know, like we we built that. It's a reason why I think it was. Uh, I don't want to get the year mixed up, so I'm gonna say the early 1800s when when Napoleon came to Egypt, he he blew off the nose on on the Great Sphinx. Yeah, because like. It looked like a black person's nose, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show how how far and, and united Europeans are to make sure that like black people just don't know themselves. Exactly, that black people don't don't know themselves, but we very much descend from from royalty, and it's in our blood. And I think that if we wanna if we wanna get in, if we wanna get anywhere as a people, it's important that we understand that even if even if everybody doesn't know that what what great king they're descended from, just knowing that. We come from a strong lineage of people, you know. Even if you, if you, when you go back to Africa, even in America, we come from a strong lineage of people. Mm-hmm. The, the perseverance that Black Americans have 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 made to get to where we are today, I think it's 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 a beautiful thing, and I think that we need to just embody that that spirit. It don't matter whether you took a DNA test or not. You need to act like you're a king wherever exactly. you go, because you, know? you are one. Because you are one, and that's. That's that's real, bro. Like everybody, everybody got got some type of gift inside of them, and that makes me kind of want to ask, like, when did you realize you had a you had a gift in in in, in your industry? Um, kind of since the beginning, to be honest. And I and um, the thing is, I didn't really um, I I always because the thing is, I would just put out ideas that I thought were cool, um. So yeah, I'd say kind of since the beginning, like since I started like clothing, because I come from a I I have an artist mind, like I've been drawing and stuff yeah since like literally kindergarten. Like mm-hmm. I remember in kindergarten I, I always wanted to like, I always drew, and um, I think that kind of like frames my mind to where I look at the world like artistically. So um, by the time I like grew up and started making clothes and stuff. Um, I already kind of like had like a mindset of like the look I wanted for my clothes and yeah. like um, the vibe I was trying to bring, just from like all the years of art that I would, um, you know, like um, you know that I had like all the experience. Bro, that is that is so cool. I want you to tell the audience the name of your brand and where it comes from. Okay, so the name of my brand is Deviary, and um, I had this literally when I was working on the brand. Um, that I was working on during my sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember one day I was coming back from the barber shop, and um, for some reason when I opened my car door, like I don't know why, but like the way the sun reflected on like the car seat of my car, and I have a picture of this. Um, it said Deviary like in the light. Wow. And I was just I just kept the name around ever since. I remember I looked up the name to see if it was already a thing because. I'm like, that name sounds cool. Like, I want to make it into something. So I remember Googling the name and, like, it, nothing popped up. 
So I'm like, I need to make that something like one day. Did you write it down? Yeah, I wrote it down. And like, I remember I didn't, the funny thing is I didn't start making, I didn't start putting it on clothes because I didn't know what I really wanted it to be. Like, I'm just like, the name is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't start putting it on clothes until I got to Howard. I remember um, just making clothes um, in the Drew basement, actually. Wow. And, You've been um, there a lot. Yeah, just like putting together pants and stuff like that, t-shirts. And like, um, and back then I was painting on clothes. And I would just paint the word Devieri on there. And like, I'm just like, you know what? I feel like this matches the vibe of the clothes. Mm-hmm. Like the, the name, like the sound of the name matches the vibe. Bro, that is so cool, bro. What do you think? What do you think is the vibe of Revere Clothes if you had to put it into words? I'd say like black rock stars. Black rock stars. But like, it also has like an element of hip hop to it. Mm. Like, um, like think about like, think about like, let's say you go back to high school and think mm-hmm. about like the emo kids. Yeah. Like there was always a black emo kid, <laughs> but he was like he would like flip and go both ways like. He would he would hang out with the black kids sometimes. For sure. But like he would also hang with the emo kids. I feel like that, like just that type of image, is like what the clothes like the vibe of the clothes like. It could go either way. It could be hip hop, but it also could be like like rock stars. You know. Right. Do you okay? So like, you're, in in in, in your in your design, it's it's a skull, right? Yeah. Where does that skull come from? I don't know. Like I remember just drawing it in the um, in Drew, in the Drew basement. I remember just drawing it, um, cause I wanted to have. I want like back then. Like my stuff was really like rock star influenced. Like, um, actually, as time went on, I started adding more elements of hip hop because I felt like I was going too far in one direction. Mm. Um, which direction was that? I was going more towards like rock stars okay. than like hip hop, but I wanted it to have like a balance of both. Most definitely. Um, I remember just drawing it, and I don't know. It just felt right. It felt like it being paired with the name. It just felt like it should like those two things should be paired together. Bro, that's that's really cool, bro. Like, that's crazy. I've never I didn't know this before. I, mm. I didn't. A lot of stuff you're telling me I did not know. As much as I talk to you. It's just crazy, bro. It's crazy, bro. Like, I think what you're saying is a true testament of what happens when you actually listen to yourself. Yeah. When it comes to making a brand, what what advice would you give to people who want to make their own brand in terms of in terms of the creative aspect of it? I'd say find things that inspire you. Like, um, put put yourself into the brand a little bit. Like, don't do it too much because like then you you find people that are like. They obsess over their artwork and stuff like that, and like it becomes unhealthy. Yeah. But put a little bit of yourself into the brand, and I feel like people would resonate with it. Like, honestly, like this sounds cliche, but be yourself. Like, like of course, there's gonna be people who aren't gonna rock with it, and like people who might like look down on it. But those people don't matter because at the end, at the end of the day, those people are only don't like it because they're afraid to be themselves. Most definitely, you have bro. to be yourself because there's only one you, and um, yeah, you just have to like show the world you. Right. I think well, something that you're talking about that really resonates with me is that when it, when you talk about your brand, it feels like you haven't lost that inner child within you, and it's very yeah. much alive within you. And I think this book I've been reading, 
it describes how a lot of people tend to lose a lot of people tend to lose that inner child that they have within themselves and they become envious of those who still yeah. have it. Um, yeah. I think one of the biggest things on my podcast is like me me and Michael, we try to we haven't we, we still have that connection with our inner child mm-hmm. and we talk about things that we want to talk about. We talk about things that, that excite us. We have ourselves within this platform and I think that if you want to achieve any type of success, that real passion comes from what you like to do. Right. What what excites you? Like you want you want to keep working hard on your brand because it represents you. Yeah. It it comes from it comes from, from within. I think sometimes a lot of people lose passion in whatever they're doing is because it doesn't really come from inside them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 artificial. They're right. they're, they're just following a trend, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not real. One of my friends told me that. He told me this last weekend. It always I always think about it a lot. Well, two weeks ago, like. He said, always be authentic in whatever you do. Yeah. If you're authentic, then you will be rewarded. Because people, like, real gonna recognize real. Everybody who, everybody who you want to be like or get to, if they realize that you are passionate about what you do, they're gonna want to, they're gonna want to work with you. Mm-hmm. They're gonna want to, they're gonna see that potential in you. And I know a lot of people have probably seen that potential in you. Yeah. You know, like, I know you, you have a, you have a mentor. Yeah, definitely. How has this? How has your mentor helped influence you and have helped you stay on the right track? Um, just because he's made a lot of mistakes coming up, mm-hmm. like he tells me all the time. He's like, shoot, he's like, I've had the nice car, I've had the nice house, I've had the gold chains, like I've had everything, but that stuff doesn't fulfill you. Right. Um, like he'll he'll just give me little gems like that. Like he's like, um, and thing is, he's like he's in his fifties, so it's like he's kind of he has a like a lot of life that he's seen. And he's been in the industry for like twenty plus years, mm-hmm. um, so he's just seen he's seen so much. He's seen brands come and go. He's seen people crash out. He's seen it all, right? But um, based off of his experience, I'm able to like um, he's he's like a walking handbook to me. Like he'll tell me, "Oh yeah, you shouldn't have done that," or "Oh next time you should do this a little bit better," or "Oh good job on that, keep doing that." Like okay. That kind of thing. Like, he lets me learn from his mistakes. Mm. And then I think it's really cool to have somebody older, like, really teach you that. Because sometimes I've noticed older people will, they'll feel some type of resentment towards you because you're right. doing something that they weren't doing mm-hmm. at, at your age, you know? Right. How did you find your mentor? Actually, it was funny. Um, through a phone call, just a random phone call. Like, I remember um, my uncle just called me out of the blue one day, and he was like, Yo, I got this guy on the phone right now. Um, like he works in fashion, and I feel like you guys will make a good dialogue. And like, mind you, back then he wasn't even supposed to be my mentor, mm-hmm. but that we had like a a really good conversation. And I guess like my youth really resonated with him. And um, so like ever since then, we've been just locked in. Okay, what would you what would your advice be to somebody who wants a mentor in their field but can't seem to find one? Let your mentor come to you. Um, and I know that sounds kind of like weird and sounds backwards. Yeah. But I feel like when you seek something, like you seek, 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 um, you kind of repel things away from you sometimes. I th- I feel like um, if you put out the right energy into the universe and you um, like you're like oh yeah I need a mentor for this. And um, kind of let the let the people trickle in that are supposed to be in your life. Right. 
I think that's that's one of the biggest things is kind of allowing allowing the the universe to 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 dictate that that path that that um that happens to come to you. Right. I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, you can't force it. If if you try to force it, you know, if you're trying to force it, there's a reason why you're forcing it. It can't fit. Yeah. You know, so it's like you really gotta allow it to to come to you and really just sit and embrace that. And and when that time comes, you gotta pounce on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I've been guilty of this. You know, there have been opportunities in my life that that sometimes I I didn't I wasn't responsive enough to where right. I kind of fumbled that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I but I think those mistakes have taught me not to fumble them in the future. Right. And I think that um, that's one of the hardest things knowing that you fumbled something. You know, yeah, like, I'd say so. It's it, it's it's a hard thing because you you know you always thinking about like like damn damn, damn like yeah what could have been you know I think well I want to ask what what were some big setbacks that you had when it came to starting your business and how did you overcome them? Uh, one of the biggest setbacks was um, I'd say putting my idea in other people's hands like mm. um, because. At, I'm at the point where I don't make my clothes. Well, I I I draft them. I draw like I draw the um, the blueprints for them. Yeah. But um, I'm not in the man. I'm not in like the main manufacturing process. I I oversee it. Right. But um, putting my idea in in someone else's hands that um doesn't ne- doesn't necessarily know where I'm coming from or um shoot they might not even know me sometimes. But um, letting people work to like putting like a certain level of trust in other people. Because mm. in the beginning, I would just say, "Oh no, I'm making all the clothes myself, and no, it has to be this way." And um, like, but like doing that kind of like I feel like stunted my growth a little bit. Um, so just like being willing to outsource, right? Being just being willing to have other people do it. Yeah, instead of like you doing everything. And the thing is, you only have so much time in a day. Yeah, bro, it's hard. Like, I couldn't sit in there and make all those clothes. I think that's one of the biggest things when you have a when you have a creative mind. You wanna, you want everything to, to unfold how you want it to unfold. Yeah. You want, you want anything. You don't want anything different. And I think that's one of the biggest. You probably experienced a lot of growth doing that and just mm-hmm. kind of letting other people do do what you didn't have the time to do. Yeah. You know, and I think it probably helped you grow a lot faster, huh? It did. Bro, that's, that, that's that's leadership right there. Understanding what you what you can and cannot do. What do you? Because there's always there's always someone who's a little bit better than you, mm. or like they might be a little bit smarter than you. Right, and you gotta but, you gotta like, accept that. Yeah. What are you about to say? Like it's just a matter of like giving putting trust in that person. Bro, that's real, bro. Like, what do you think has been the most rewarding experience coming from your brand? Sure. I feel like. That's a hard question because I feel rewarded like all the time from it. Like, um, I really couldn't even say to be real. Mm. Like, I feel like when you ask that question, like, it's not a single moment that really comes to mind. Like, it's like different moments. Like, whether it's like me doing like a fashion show or just like um, meeting new people and stuff like that. Like, I just I'm just having fun, honestly. Yeah. Just just having fun, like. It's it's like it creates a fun lifestyle, like following what you're passionate about. I meet so many amazing people within the industry all the time, and the thing is, going back to your um, point earlier about how you said I kind of have like that childlike spirit. Yeah, you find other people who do too, mm. and it's funny. Like 
I have friends that are like twice my age. Right. <laughs> so or like cool. people I people I work with that are like way older than me. But like you you see that childlike spirit in them too. And like when you're telling them your ideas and stuff, like they get they get like passionate about it and like excited to work with you. Bro, that's that's really cool and that makes me think of how the other the other week you went out like wine tasting and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Just because of some random email that Howard sent. Yeah. How do you feel like you've been able to and you always tell me about things that, that you do and stuff like that. How have you been able to network efficiently? Because that's something a lot of people struggle with. I'd say just kind of like go with the flow. Um, I feel like the people that you are supposed to come in contact with, you're going to. Um, instead of forcing things to happen. Like even, even like parties I go to and stuff like that. Like if the vibe isn't right, I'm not going. Like the vibe has to be right. And um, just kind of like let yourself, let life kind of like guide you into the way like your like things are supposed to be. Mm. Have there are there any like cues when you like see an event that that makes you want to go or or not want to go, or you just kind of like, go to as many things as possible? It it kind of just depends. It depends on like what I have going on that weekend. It depends on um, like. If my homies will pull up, like it, it just depends on, um, like so many different factors, but yet at the same time, um, I kind of have to let go and just let life work. Like if I feel led to go to an event, I'll go. Um, right. And usually, like when I just sit back and let life do its thing, I usually have the best time. You know, that's what we talked about earlier, like not mm-hmm. forcing it. Yeah. Well, that's that's so real. I also wanted to kind of just talk about what has what has success meant to you? Success is like, I feel like it's a double-edged sword and I feel like that's kind of cliche to say, but I've definitely seen it. Like, I've seen high moments like where it's like I'm on cloud nine. It's like I feel unstoppable. Like, I'm the best thing in the world, basically. And yeah. I've seen low moments where it's like, dang, like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Like, um... But you have to be willing to ride the roller coaster. Like, shoot. I feel like just letting life take you on that roller coaster yeah. is a journey in itself, and like you get enjoyment out of it. Because, like, even when I come out of those dark moments, like, I feel like, th- like there's a sense of joy. Like, dang, I really made it past that. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that. Right. How do you stay motivated during those times, though? Um, like, what I do, like, and you'll you'll see it a lot. You'll see it a lot. Like, um, if I'm in like a time of distress, I paint. Like, cause that's that's like, cause the, sometimes you feel emotions when you're in those like dark periods that words can't even express. Yeah. And I'll just paint my emotions, like whatever I'm going through, I'll just paint it. Bro, that's really cool. That that reminds me of something that I said at a a men of the mecca event yesterday. Mm-hmm. We was talking about one of the questions was how do you overcome stress. And one of the things that I said was staying true to yourself. And by, by that, I mean, like, doing something that you actually enjoy right. in those times. Whether, for like, for me personally, that could be, like, reading, working out, just anything that kind of puts my mind at ease. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of hurts us is when we're, when we're feeling stressed, we kind of we kind of let outside forces control us. Right. Instead of allowing the internal Mm-hmm. To, to control us and I think one of the things it seems like for it seems like for you painting kind of puts you back in control it does 
and it reminds you that all right, I'm gonna be straight no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's really cool and that it, you did that. I really hate to say it though, but sometimes my best artwork comes from those dark moments. Mm. Like, cause I feel like the emotions that I feel are just so raw, and it's just like, like like the feeling that you put into the paintings, like you could feel it when you see them. Yeah, and um, just I I like. Cause I like the thing is what I'm learning, what I'm trying to learn how to do, is um, f- like find the same inspiration when I'm on a, like a when I'm on a high. Mm. Like, why why is it to where I have to be on a low to get that inspiration? Yeah. Like I want to be able to like channel that when I'm like still on a high. Mm. That's that's very interesting, bro. Cause how do you? How do you do that? Because it's like, if, if, if your best stuff comes when you're down, is that like maybe because you feel like more, is it because you feel more vulnerable in those times? Like, like what, what is it? Is it like your back's against the wall? You gotta, you gotta make something? It's, it's all of that, bro. It's, it's literally all of that. Like, like you feel like your back's against the wall. Like you feel like, um, oh, what am I going to do next? And like, I feel like art is progression. Art like, is progression. And the crazy thing is like, a lot of the paintings that I like make when I feel like low, I can like it's funny like looking at it like as the artist, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I was thinking while I was painting that. It's like a snapshot of my mind. A snapshot. Well, that's so cool, bro. Coming from, hey, I've never heard. I haven't really talked to like a lot of. I haven't talked to a lot of people about their art, mm-hmm. and I've never really heard art described in that way before when I'm talking to just like one of my friends. I think that's. That's really cool how you, how, how how it manifests into a drawing. Like when you when you're drawing something and you're and you're kind of like stressed, what do you think your art looks like in that moment? Shoot, it might be all over the place. Um, I remember even back in high school, I used to do that. Like I remember um, this one girl broke my heart late <laughs> junior year. <laughs> I started painting like crazy, bro. It's probably but, like, fire, huh? They were fire, but like um, looking back on it, I feel like I like developed as an artist way better. Mm-hmm. But I still keep those paintings because they still remind me of like where I came from. They remind you where you came from. Yeah, that's really cool, bro. I didn't even know you like to you like to draw like that. Mm-hmm. It makes sense though, seeing your brand and everything. But I think that's really cool. When I was younger, I used to like to draw a little bit too. I used to like drawing. That's like, that, that's what they say. They say learning how to draw is like the first sign of a genius. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's that makes sense. Like my uncle's really good at drawing. He's so smart. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, like, I'm not gonna lie. When I was drawing, it wasn't. It didn't really look that good. It was. It was kind of. It was some bull. Like, it was like even the fact that you were doing it, like mm-hmm. the fact that you like tried to do it and stuff like that, like I like, think that takes that takes a certain level. Like you have to have a certain mind to kind of like put an idea, an abstract idea on paper. Right. That, but that makes me think. I know for me, like, I kind of stopped drawing when I was younger because so many distractions kind of came. Like, I started playing video games. I started doing all types of different stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you think that in this world where there are so many things to distract us, how do you stay, like, how do you not get distracted by that and still maintain on, and still hold on to your passions? Because I know that's something that's hard for a lot of people to do. Mm-hmm. How, how do you do that? You know, the funny thing is I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> like... There's so many distractions, um, even on the way here. Yeah. Like, I took, like, the scenic route here. Um, you took the scenic route. You went you went through the yard. Yeah. 
But um, and then I like met up with some people, started chopping it up. But um, I'd say putting your passion, like putting making time for your passion during the distractions. Mm. I think that's really one of the that's one of the biggest things that separates mm-hmm. um, those who make it versus those who don't. I think right. that's something that I've kind of struggled with sometimes. You know, being at Howard, it's so easy to to get distracted and be controlled by everything. You know, there's always mm-hmm different events going on bro like right. there's always there's always something going on in the yard you know it's hot today it's, pe- it's probably hella people outside oh right yeah now, it was like, deep today yeah it was, i'm sure it was deep as hell mm-hmm. bro but sometimes you gotta you gotta sacrifice if you want to get to where you want to go right and i think it just shows how much how much you care about it yourself like i think um when you went to the to the wine tasting you had to miss the darty yeah it did yeah and like, but that's, the thing that's is that, that was like another experience that shoot i have to this day like now, that's another story that um what's it called that that's different you know what i mean like everybody was at the darty but like not everybody went wine tasting right bro i think that's 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 really that's one of the biggest things that i feel like separates those those who make it versus those who don't the ability mm-hmm. to to sacrifice yeah i always see entrepreneurs talk about like if you want to make it in whatever business you got going on you got to put in them hours for real yeah you got to put in the hours but it, also, a lot of people, um, what a lot of people kind of like misconstrue is you could you can also have fun, like um, make time to do things that you like to do. Have like hobbies, like have a passion about something outside of like what you're grinding for. Like um, like I still go to parties and stuff like that. Yeah. But what you will notice is when I go to parties, I'm definitely wearing my brand. Oh, for sure. You always wearing your brand when you got parties. Right. You got to, bro. And then that's how that's part like it's funny because my brand is like so abstract and people don't see it mm-hmm. like people never see it like it's like stuff people haven't seen before so um it's a conversation starter and I just end up meeting new people anyway yeah that I can yeah that that definitely whenever I'm with you at parties it kind of seems like because it seems like you always meeting somebody new or something like yeah. that. yeah I think that's cool are there any like are there any like mediums that you kind of find that that you kind of find inspiration from when you're like drawing? Is there any like whether it's like watching like I don't know like YouTube or it, does it just come to you or do you like take advantage of what you see out in the world? Um, a little bit of both. Well, actually, a little bit of everything. Cause mm-hmm. Inspiration can come from anywhere. Yeah. Um, but mainly, I'd say um, anime. Mm. Like I used to be big on anime Like back in middle school and stuff like that Like, um, And that's kind of like how I like Really learned how to draw Because I would try to draw anime characters all the time Wow And um, I, I just remember like To this day like there's certain anime That like even inspire my clothing Wow That's, that's so <laughs> That's so interesting What was your favorite anime growing up? Um, definitely Dragon Ball Z for sure. Yeah. Um, Naruto. Bleach. I feel like Bleach, out of all the animes I watched, has inspired, like, my clothing the most. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool, bro. That's that's so... I didn't... I haven't really watched a lot of anime. I've only mm. watched, like... I'm a basic, ba- basic, basic black dude. You know, mm. Dragon Ball Z. You know? Everybody but, like Dragon yeah, Ball Z, bro. It's Dragon Ball Z, bro. You know? Like, I think that's... That's so fascinating that a lot of your stuff comes from anime because it's... It seems, bro, there's so many, like, mangas are so big. There's they so are. many pictures. Facts. Even if you're watching it on TV, there's so much inspiration that you could draw from. Because there's so many kind of, like, abstract figures. 
right in those in in those cartoons well, I don't want to say cartoons in, in the anime you know because it's like it's almost like an infinite resource honestly literally like and there's so many references and stuff like that like and like stuff you could pull from right nah bro that's that's so cool bro like it makes me think of something that my friend told me like like he told me that something that helps him with his music is that he he draws inspiration from what he sees in the world and I think that he's actually when he's when he's trying to make music he's just actually just living life and I think that's something that that I try to do in my own life as well like whenever I see something inspiring like something that inspires me to kind of like think or read like whenever I see a book that I like I, I buy that immediately because mm-hmm. like I got so much inspiration from it I always try to keep a notebook with me in case I see something like just write it down because you never know when that idea is going to come back to you right you that never you should, never bro. know bro because like ideas aren't aren't tangible until you make them tangible right you have to somehow like make that like something like that you can like reference right bro and i think that's one of the most one of the most inspiring things about your brand is that you made your idea and your vision tangible yeah and like it's it's, it's crazy every time i do like a like a, whether it's a photo shoot a fashion show it's whatever like like towards my brand it's like dang i really made this happen like and thinking about where it started from and like um just the whole like just like seeing it like in the world like yeah. seeing it like it's tangible you can touch it like every time i see my clothes it's just like dang like especially when they're on someone else because like let's say i'm wearing them it's kind of just regular, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, because that's just how I dress. But, like, when you see it on someone else, it's like, dang, I made that. Right. I kind of feel like you told me you've seen Howard people wearing your stuff, and they didn't even know you made it. Right. I think that's well, that's the coolest thing. If I heard, if I seen anybody listening to my podcast and they didn't know it was mine, I think that would, think that would be the coolest thing ever. Because, like, mm-hmm. they don't they don't know that they're standing next to the dude who made it. Exactly. You know, but they, they're wearing it, and they chose to put it on or listen to it that day. I think it, it, that that probably probably means the world to you. I can already imagine, bro. Like, it does. It does. Like seeing, like people wearing my clothes and just like seeing seeing that it's actually real. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's like an out of body experience, like to an extent. Right. You because it's it's walking art. It's walking art. Mm-hmm. It's walking art. Well, literally walking art. Walking art that that came out of your mind. Yeah. Well, that's 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 incredible, bro. Earlier, you said that success is like a double-edged sword. Mm. Is there anything that you that you regret about about success, or it's just kind of just comes with the territory? Everything comes with the territory, honestly. Like, I remember I used to kind of try to control it to where, oh, I only want good things out of my success. But everything comes with the territory. Like, um, shoot, it's just crazy. Like the the different things that you experience while you're trying to success. It, act, it honestly made you polarizing. Yeah. Because, like, you'll, you'll, like, the thing about, I know it's about success is, um, it'll, it'll put you on the right track in life, um, and you'll meet the people that you're supposed to meet, but you'll also meet a lot of broken people, too. Mm. Like, um, like, you'll meet people who are, like, struggling with, like, personal issues and stuff like that, and, um. Sometimes that ru- that energy rubs off on you, and it's like, dang, like, how did this even happen? Right. But um, at the end of the day, like like I said before, you can't really 
make other people's problems your problems. You can't take anything personally. Not at all. Because man. everybody's on a different journey. Everybody on a different journey, and sometimes you know you can't get you can't get brought down by the people who are who are sad. You know. Yeah. You and like we said earlier, you gotta understand that you know, it's, you know they got their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important to understand that. Is there any like? Is there any advice that, that you would give to anybody who wants success to kind of know what what to expect, you know, kind of like things that you should watch out for and just and just how to achieve it overall? Like, what, what advice would you give in that aspect? Enjoy the moment because, every, like, the thing is, especially with me, I feel like um, there's a running joke in my family that um, my life just isn't normal. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you like, have a crazy like, life, bro. I always say that to you. Bro. Yeah, like, like your your life is just it's it's like, the coolest thing. Like ever. I'm just like a glitch in the matrix kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'd say to that person um, that just enjoy the moment because you never know. Like even even your lowest moments can inspire something like great within you. Like you never know. Like um. I always take it back to the the analogy of pruning a bush. Like sometimes you have to cut off the dead branches, and it's painful to the bush. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the bush is gonna grow stronger after that. Right, bro. That's important. I think having the strength to to actually do that is is really really important because that's hard mm-hmm. to do, bro. It's hard to cut off them branches. Yeah. It's and hard like, to do it. shoot, I'm some of the stuff that I've like I've looked within myself and like found certain stuff that. Shoot, I didn't like, but I think the beauty is accepting those things too. Accepting it, but also letting them go because they no longer serve you. Right. How do you think? What do you think is like? How how could one come about to to accepting it? Because I feel like something we we a lot of us kind of know that we have to accept it. But what do you, what was that process like for you? Shoot, I'm still in that process. <laughs> there's there's things that there's things about myself that I'm still accepting and um still kind of. You know, figuring out like, cause you know, I'm human. You know, like that's part of being human. Yeah. Like, um, cause and the thing is, you learn something about yourself every day. Like every single day. There's certain stuff about myself that that I do or that I've done. I still can't explain it. But um, I don't know. You just kind of it's kind of part of the journey. You know, you just at the end, like at the end, at the end of the day, you're figuring out who you are. Facts. That's some big facts. I think that one of the biggest things you you can learn something about yourself every day, but you gotta be open to learning yourself. Yeah, you gotta be open to it. A lot of people are scared to learn themselves. And yeah, they, they block themselves off from it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we actually have to just just be open minded, open minded, and learn and just understand that we can grow in so many more ways. I think. You know, a lot of people are stubborn, you know, and, and, I, and as humans like this, we're not actually, we are resistant to change, but yeah, facts. there's always an opportunity for us to, to do it. Always. But sometimes we just don't see it. Sometimes we do see it. It really depends, bro. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to overcome as just, as just human beings, period. Um, you know, as we, as we close this out, I do want to ask, like, what are like some of the, some, the, the thing that you can disclose, what are some of the. Where where are the next steps for the brand? Um, definitely about to release the collection. It's the Rebirth collection. The Rebirth. I haven't released anything in over like a year and a half. So this collection is like the revamping of my brand, and uh, this is the these are the clothes that I wanted the brand to be when I first had the inception for the brand. I just didn't know how to make this possible. So 
with this rebirth collection, it's not only a rebirth for the brand, it's a rebirth for myself because I feel like in between my drop, I've become like such a better person too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna see how this goes, honestly, and, and it's dropping in a few weeks. Man, that sounds like it's about to be legendary, bro. I'm excited because the rebirth. Yep. When was the last time you you said it's been a year? Yeah, it's been like over a year, like a year and some change. Like I'd say, year and a half almost. Wow, wow, bro. That's that's really cool. I'm excited for you, bro. And when can we expect to for it to drop? Um, I'd say definitely, definitely by May. It'll be definitely out. by May. Yeah. And what has the process been for you like over this year and a half to coming to where you are now? in the rebirth a lot of it is a lot of the journey was personal to be honest like Mm -hmm. um i spent a lot of time um you know fine like during covid i feel like um having that time alone i was forced to um like deal with certain aspects about myself and Mm -hmm. like kind of look myself in the mirror and um during this year and a half I feel like I got to like actually address those aspects. Like, um, I've even found like therapy mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah, and that's that's not. I feel like that's like a underappreciated like subject. Like, especially in the black community, like black mental health is like so important. It's extremely important, bro. I think you know a lot of times black people, you know, we have so much trauma in this country, but yeah, we seek out the least amount of amount of therapy. You know, mm-hmm. like we we need that. We need that as people just because it's important to have somebody to actually talk to you about your problems. And exactly. Actually just, and actually just, what am I looking for? Just, just letting it out. So, because like I was saying earlier, you can't, you can't, you can't fix yourself if you don't know what's wrong. Right. Sometimes you need somebody just to talk about what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I did during this year and a half. Like I figured out, like, I, I learned so much about myself, like that stuff that I would never even guessed. But um, you, it's like it's all about like looking yourself in the mirror and just being comfortable with what you see. Yeah, like and accepting it. Bro, that's real. I don't. I do want to ask something else though. How did COVID affect the brand? It actually, I feel like, kickstarted it even better. Really? Yeah, because um, going back to LA and um, just like sh- showing people in LA my designs, like it kind of, it kind of like made it. I don't know. It brought it to like a different level. Like then I feel like if I what if COVID wasn't a thing, it wouldn't have um, got to. And I made connections that I would not have made if COVID didn't happen. Yeah, because your first drop was was that like March twenty twenty one? Yeah, yeah. I remember that because I remember I bought something and I called you to ask mm-hmm. well, what size should I get it in. But that's, that's so cool. I think that I know for me, a lot of people on this podcast know, but like. COVID really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. It gave me like I it gave me a lot of time to uh, just to just reflect on everything that had happened to me up to that point, and just just learn more, bro. Like learn and improve more. And I'm glad that I did the same thing for you. You know, I think you know it's over now, but I think we can all take the lessons of what happened during COVID to to just learn and grow. And I think even if you didn't make a lot of change during mm-hmm. COVID, you can understand that like you know like like life goes on. There's always more opportunities to. To, to learn and grow and just meet people. Mm-hmm. You just gotta be open to it. Exactly. You know? And just being open to to new experiences. So that that's really what helps you what helps you achieve greatness when you're open to, to just growing and 
just growing and meeting people and just not being afraid, not having fear. You know, I de- I see that a lot within you, bro. Like you are definitely somebody who doesn't, or at least presents not not to not to have the fear to do what you need to do. Cause it's, it's bro, appreciate that. Yeah, bro. Cause it's not it's not easy, bro. I think we all experience fear, bro. And I think sometimes personally, I experience fear when it comes to just achieving my my dreams and goals. Cause mm-hmm. you always think about the end road is like. Even even though the beginning, you think, all right, like, am I doing what's what's right? Am I really doing right. the right thing? Like, right. I mean, could I be doing something different? And overcoming that is something that is not easy, bro. So I really, I really commend that, bro. That shit is hard. I, where where can the audience find you? You can find me. Um, well, find the brand first. Okay. I always put the brand first. Yes, um, sir. Find the brand underscore Deviary D E V. I U R I underscore. That's on Instagram. Um, if you wanna buy the clothes, um, I'm I'm sold out right now, but I'm gonna restock soon. You find it um, Deviary dot shop. And um, if you wanna follow me on my personal Instagram, it's Ahmad Damon, A H M A D D A M O N official. Deviary the brand. Yep. Yes, sir. Man, it was a pleasure having you on my platform. Nah, it was a pleasure like, for you, like, inviting me, bro. I yes, appreciate sir, bro. this. bro. As always, bro. It's always love, bro. Yes, sir. Black Lotus out. You know, as we always say, as long as, as, long as y'all show love, we'll stay consistent. Another episode in, another episode out. We out, baby.